Hey, it's Kyle Meredith, host of the Kyle Meredith with podcast, presented by WFPK at WFPK.org and the Consequence Podcast Network. It's a series that puts the spotlight on iconic musicians and actors, inviting them to drop by and talk about their latest projects, whether it's albums, TV shows, films, or beyond. I'm going to say something I don't want to say. Here it goes. Without Spinal Tap, there is no Tenacious D. Whoa. <laughs> Man. We get great stories and the biggest scoops from people like Garbage's Shirley Manson, the 1975's Matty Healy, Jack Black and Kyle Gass of Tenacious D, Maya Hawk, Kiefer Sutherland, and everyone in between. New episodes arrive every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, so it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists and discover some new ones. You can find Kyle Meredith with on the Consequence Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Good for a Weekend, the podcast where two friends talk about Taylor Swift. I'm Allie Klebus. And I'm Cressy Cornis. And today we are going to be talking about Taylor Swift's birth chart. I would like to say that this episode is also called Astrala Tay. And I love it. Yeah. <laughs> we always have a good pun, don't we? Yeah, we're always ready. I mean, Tay goes with so many words, you know, it's pretty easy, <laughs> like part yeah. Tay, you know, I'll, you get it. Okay. I get it. I'm catching your drift. So I'm really excited for this episode today, y'all, because I had a ton of fun researching it, getting my astrology hoe on. And <laughs> excuse me. And for funsies, <laughs> oh I God. made playlist on Spotify for each sign, only consisting of Taylor songs. Wow. So I started to make this on my personal Spotify, unfortunately. And then I realized how annoying it was to have 12 separate playlists on my personal account and have to like scroll through it. So big news, you guys. G4 has a Spotify account now. A free account on Spotify. <laughs> so welcome. we will have <laughs> So we will have a link to our profile in our show notes. So give that a click if you want to find the playlist for your sign. Just a sneak peek. For Virgos, I have This Is Me Trying, because Virgos try so hard. You know, this is the third time I've heard you say this joke, and it still hurts. <laughs> <laughs> this is our third time recording our intro. Don't worry about it. Oh, Cressy, this is us trying to get this. This is episode. us trying. <laughs> also, for Scorpios, I start things off with Mad Woman, because does a scorpion sting when fighting back? I've met her. She does. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I'm having a ton of fun making these playlists. They're going to be done by the time this episode comes out. Check out the ones for your sign. Um, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. Yes. But let's get into the episode now. Are you ready, Allie? Oh, I'm so ready. So let's get into some definitions before we begin. For those who may not be well-versed in astrology. So according to How Stuff Works, quote, Astrology is the study of the influence that distant cosmic objects, usually stars and planets, have on human lives. The position of the sun, stars, moon, and planets at the time of people's birth, not their conception, is said to shape their personality, affect their romantic relationships, and predict their economic fortunes, among other divinations. End quote. I think I said that word right. I think you did. Allie gave me a thumbs up. Okay. <laughs> Clear. <laughs> so you most likely know your astrology sign as your sun sign, which is what your horoscope and magazines or Twitter threads are usually based on. Mm. Your sun sign is the simplest to figure out because all you need to know is your date of birth. That's it. Wow. To find out your other signs. <laughs> I just said, wow, I know that. 
You anyway, like continue. like Migos with a little ad libbing? Yeah. <laughs> Between lines. Wow. That's how podcasting <laughs> feels a lot. Wow. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Anyways, continue. Great advertising for our pod. So to find out your other signs, like your moon and rising sign, you'll need to know your place of birth and time of birth. That's how all the other stuff gets calculated in your birth chart, which we will be going into detail today. Mm -hmm. You can find out your own birth chart from cafeastrology.com or the CoStar app. And I've got some fun facts about astrology. Come on, kids. Astrology is fun. Oh, my God. (laughs) You are not running short of the Taylor puns tonight, and I'm here for it. (laughs) They're just coming out of me. They're flooding. <laughs> I love it. So some fun <laughs> facts about astrology. President Ronald Reagan actually had an astrologer advise him while he was in office. I'm a little scared. I have mixed feelings about this because... Me too. We love an intuitive king, you know, but yeah. we also don't want stars deciding our like foreign policy. No. (laughs) Apparently, Nancy Reagan hired this astrologer after there was an assassination attempt on Ronnie. So it makes sense because um, that could be seen as a way to try to like control your fates or like know it. So if that made them feel safe, then good for them. I hope it didn't influence our uh, political sphere. And speaking of politics, apparently Theodore and Franklin Roosevelt were also into astrology. Also, fun fact, according to FBI data, cancers are the most frequently arrested sign. One third of Americans believe in astrology, which is a lot bigger than I thought. Mm -hmm. I think the actual number is like 31%, but that's about a third. So are you a part of the one third, Cressy? What are your thoughts on astrology? So I really love astrology. Um, just a background on my relationship with astrology. I got into it because my mom bought a big box of old comics from the thrift store. It was Betty and Veronica comics, uh, the Archie, Archie and the gang from the 60s and 70s. And occasionally they would have a horoscope page. So at a pretty early age, that's how I learned I was a Leo. And my mom is a Leo. It was fate. It was in the stars that I ended up the way that I did. And then as I got older, I got really, really into it, like especially in high school and early college. Uh, I think when we met, I even brought up astrology to you, right? I'm actually struggling to remember if you brought up Taylor Swift or astrology first, but they were pretty close together. (laughs) Which totally checks out. You might have started me out on astrology, saw my reaction, then you were like, okay, I can tell her about Taylor Swift now. (laughs) (laughs) That totally checks out. So yeah, I got really into it, was very, um, I I thought anyone who was a hater of it, my opinion was like they just don't know their birth chart. Mm. Like there's there's like millions of different combinations. Of course, you look at your sun sign and you're like, this is fake. Like this isn't real. Like blah blah. But like I would kind of side eye them. Like fools, y'all don't even know your birth chart. Like, <laughs> and then I got a little older, and I now I recognize it's probably all fake. It's Probably all for funsies, as I like to say, because it it can't be tested. You can't like quantify a personality. There's no way to really prove it. And 
part of the downfall of astrology, actually, I had a little section in this episode that was like a history of it, like dating back to the ancient Babylonians. And I was like, this is good. We're not stuff you should know. We're, we're not. We we should chill out. So I took all of that out. But basically, like since forever, astrology has been a thing. But once the scientific method was invented, that's when it started to decline a bit because people realized you can't really prove it. And if you can't prove it, what does that mean? So now that I'm older and I, I have some more perspective on life, I recognize that it's it's pseudoscience. Like, I recognize that. But also with me personally, my birth chart makes sense for me. And my friends who are also into zodiac signs and all of that jazz, their signs make sense for them too. So at the end of the day, my opinion on it, it's for funsies. Like I rec- I recognize it's it's probably not that deep, but it's it's I think it's really cool because this is the way that people in ancient times would try to predict like their crops. And I just think it's cool to kind of continue that tradition. For me personally, I've always been into it, like especially when I was young and like wanted to find out if the boy I was crushing on was like in my stars. Like that's yeah. when I probably check my astrology sign the most was when I was like crushing on someone and hoping like I'd get the horoscope that said love's right around the corner you mm-hmm. should ask him out or like something like that so I always like really had a guilty pleasure in it growing up uh, with magazines and things like that that was always like the first page I flipped to the 17 magazine horoscope section wow yeah no exactly even j14 y'all you just unlocked a memory in me Allie <laughs> I was the editor of my high school yearbook and I added a horoscopes page. Oh, are you serious? For each of the signs. Yeah, there was a horoscope for the year. That just seems like an extra credit project you probably never received any credit for. <laughs> so past that, when I got a little bit older, I definitely got a little more skeptical. I feel like there's some, even now, I feel like there's some magazines or outlets that release horoscopes that just make it so generic it could apply to anyone. Like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I should sleep more. I agree. You know, or yeah. like things like that. Give myself more rest. Reconnect with an old friend. All of those things, like, were pretty generic. I do like it now. And I, I, I do think that horoscopes provide an outlet for introspection and a little bit of daily inspiration. You know, it starts your day off on a good foot to, like, start your day reading your horoscope and having a little bit of advice. Is it all true? I don't know. Me personally... I really resonate with my birth chart, so why don't we just dive in? I am a Virgo son, which uh, Cressy repeatedly refers to me as a Virgo and will always send me Virgo things that I do, and I do see my Virgo tendencies, but hey, Beyonce is also a Virgo. Pretty much just means that we, like, work ourselves to death, like, we're very analytical, like, we overthink a lot, we're very driven, very stressed out, that's probably our worst trait. Like Cressy said earlier, this is me trying. Like, I try so hard to do so many projects and I spread myself so thin. My moon, however, is a Scorpio, which I also resonate with. Because basically, if you're a Scorpio moon, you feel a lot of, like, really strong emotions very deeply. But sometimes, like, you don't have any trouble expressing them. But, like, the deepest, most emotional things, like, you cannot talk about. And I really resonate with that because something that my Enneagram also tells me is I stay so busy like a little Virgo working bee, so I keep the bad thoughts away, which I feel (laughs) like really resonates with a Scorpio moon. And then lastly, a Cancer rising. Now, I don't know 
if Cressy disagrees or anyone listening disagrees, but I think I'm a pretty warm and caring person. <laughs> so I feel like Cancer Rising, like, that's definitely somehow that I try to portray myself at least while I still can. <laughs> I think it totally checks out for you. Yeah. Especially knowing that at first when you use the CoStar app, your your time of birth was oh, incorrect yeah. and it had you as a Gemini instead of a Cancer rising. Yeah. Three minutes changes a lot. It changed my yeah. entire personality. <laughs> and just Cancer fits you so much better. Mm-hmm. So I totally see it. Because aren't Geminis the craziest, like, bad bitches of the horoscope land? Um, Gemini, the sign of the Gemini, that is the twins. Mm-hmm. And that basically means they have, like... Double personalities. Yeah, like, two <laughs> sides of them. And Uh-oh. that's not always a bad thing, like a Jekyll and Hyde. Spoiler alert. You guys <laughs> aren't aware of that. They are the same person at the end of the book. Okay. <laughs> it's from, like, the 1920s or, like, the 1830s. I need to look up the year. I'm being a terrible English major. You're um, for me, too, by the way. The the book is from 1886. Okay. So a beach read. <laughs> but it, it's not, like, always a really negative thing like Jekyll and Hyde. Sorry yeah. to spoil that 200-year-old book for anyone. Well, I'm sure happy that I have a cancer rising. Even if it means I'm more likely to get arrested. But I was very heavily monitored by my sorority. So maybe... Maybe that was my arrest. Maybe. <laughs> so my big three include Leo Sun, which checks out. I crave attention. I need the spotlight on me. Laughter and applause is what I crave at all times. And if I'm not getting that, um, who am I? I? I don't know. It definitely checks out given my two main hobbies include me talking into a microphone uh, podcasting and doing stand-up. My rising sign is Sagittarius, which totally checks out for my rising to be a fire sign as well. That makes me 66% fire. And my moon sign is Aquarius, which I also think checks out because uh, the sign of the Aquarius is known as like the weirdo. Like it's like the quirky sign. And I, I've definitely got some quirks to say the least. Yeah, you tweeted about Lord of the Rings for like a year. So. <laughs> I did. I took a class on Tolkien and I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with enjoying education, kids. No, absolutely not. So why don't we just answer the question that is on everyone's mind right now? Does Taylor even believe in this? I would love to know. Like... Why are we having an entire episode on this if Taylor may not even believe in this? Well, for starters, it's fun. Yes. And secondly, for funsies. Oh, my God. And How many secondly, times have you said that already? A hundred. <laughs> and secondly, Taylor seems to dabble in astrology herself. Oh, spoiler alert. I think we get a glimpse of this first in State of Grace, where Taylor sings Twin Fire Signs for Blue Eyes. This is obviously a reference to her and Jake Gyllenhaal being blue-eyed Sagittariuses. Aww. The power of that line. It's just good. Also, in her Red album, one of her secret messages is S-A-G, SAG, for Sagittarius. Mm. So, she's 
clearly aware that she is a fire sign. She is a Sagittarius. She is including this in her in her works. Mm-hmm. It's safe to say at this point in her life, she is familiar with astrology, right? She has dabbled in astrology. Yes, she's yes. she's dabbled. <laughs> And then we have her song, The Archer, from Lover, which is very clearly a reference to her sign, the Sagittarius, being an archer. I don't know. I don't know if I believe that. Because it's also, like, just, like, an archer, like, Cupid. Well, Allie, hold your gosh darn horses. Oh, God. Because we're going to get a quote from Taylor herself coming up. I should have seen it coming. (laughs) (laughs) You should have looked to the stars. (laughs) So, in an interview with Rolling Stone... Taylor was discussing reconnecting with Katy Perry over astrology. This mm-hmm. was during the lover era when they were um, friendly again with each other. And mm-hmm. Taylor said, quote, Katie and I were talking about our signs. We were talking about our signs because we had this really, really long talk when we were reconnecting and stuff. We were talking about how we've had miscommunications with people in the past, not even specifically with each other. She's like, I'm a Scorpio. Scorpios just strike when they feel threatened. And I was like, well, I'm an archer. See? (laughs) Oh, okay. I see the connection. Well, I'm an archer. Isn't your mom's last name Archer, too? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, continuing. My mom told me that the Archer was her favorite song, like, way back when. Until, if you listen to Don't Blame Allie, My Fearless Love Story, apparently my mom's favorite song is Look What You Made Me Do. Had no (laughs) idea. Biggest surprise. for Amy. But before that, I thought her favorite song was The Archer. She had told me it was. And it took me like a month to think about like, wait, mom, that's your last name. Is that why? (laughs) It's like she didn't know what Taylor's song to say was her favorite. So she just like looked through her phone really quick and was like, oh, Archer. (laughs) Yeah, it was at the top of the list because of the A. (laughs) So continuing. (laughs) Quote, well, I'm an archer. We literally stand back, assess the situation, process how we feel about it. Raise a bow, pull it back, and fire. So it's completely different ways of processing pain, confusion, misconception, end quote. So Taylor is clearly well-versed enough with astrology to talk about her own sign and, like, repeat what Katie said about Scorpios. And with such detail, too. Like, she knows why it's called the Archer. Like, I mean, it feels like this isn't her first tango, you know? No. Taylor also gave her AMA's acceptance speech recently. This was, I think, last November. She gave it in front of a Zodiac tapestry. So, oh, good point. I didn't even think about that. The purple one? Yeah, it's the astrology wheel behind her. What a clear sign. Uh, she gave so many signs. <laughs> so, yeah, it's pretty clear that Taylor is into astrology enough so that she has purchased a tapestry and you know that wasn't a tapestry from amazon i'm sure it was from god i don't even know some fancy brand that i'm not fancy enough to know about oh i a thousand percent thought urban outfitters but most likely yeah. <laughs> <laughs> most likely whatever like new york high fashion version of that is yeah yeah so she she knows her astrolite yes thank you put respect on the name so let's talk about Taylor's birth chart. Taylor was born at 5.17 a.m. in Reading, Pennsylvania on December 13th, 1989. Celebrities also born on December 13th include Jamie Foxx, Steve Buscemi, <laughs> interesting inclusion, Nene Lakes, love her, Dick Van Dyke, and Harley Bird, the voice of Peppa Pig, because we just needed a little special Cressy touch. 
I love Peppa Pig. <laughs> so if you look up Taylor's birth chart, a lot of sources will say 8.36 a.m. in Brampton Civic Hospital in Wyoming, Pennsylvania. Sorry if I mispronounced that. But if you trace back their sources, sources, sources all the way to the very first instance of this being said, it actually goes back to a Facebook comment. So not very reliable. People believe everything. This is is why you always check your sources, y'all. Always go back to the very beginning. I say this because, I'll tell you why, Allie. When I was in college, I wrote a paper on the history of the word pants. And I came across this line in all my research that Edgar Allan Poe invented the word pants. Uh And I traced it back to the sources, 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 source, all the way back to the source. And then from that source, I went to the book that they said it came from. Did not include the word pants. It was all a fucking lie. Edgar Allan Poe did not invent the word pants. What a phony. Also, while you're at it, go check our sources. Hold us accountable. (laughs) Go to our website. You can find all of our sources for all of our episodes on gfaweekend.com. All right. We are very meticulous. (laughs) So moving on, the Taylor Swift biography by Jill Parker, titled Tay, the Taylor Swift Story, published in 2015, says Taylor was born in, quote, at Reading Hospital in nearby West Reading, was born the next morning at 5.17 a.m. on the fourth floor maternity ward, end quote. So, we think this is the most reliable source, and this is what we're going to use for her birth chart for this episode. Also, not to clown, but 5 plus 1 plus 7 equals 13, so the math checks out. And The math is mathin'. (laughs) I can't handle you tonight. <laughs> um, with 517, just streamlining past you. With 517 a.m., we learn that Taylor's sun is in Sagittarius, moon is in Cancer, Mercury is in Capricorn, Venus is in Aquarius, Mars is in Scorpio, Jupiter is in Cancer, Saturn, Uranus, and Neptune are in Capricorn, And Pluto and Lilith, or Lilith, are in Scorpio. This means Taylor is 56.6% water sign, 30.1% earth, 7.8% fire, and 5.5% air. That's the episode, folks. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. I find it so interesting that she's mostly water sign because her sun sign is a fire sign. But also just how emotional water signs are. That's like one of their main characteristics. Uh-huh. And it kind of checks out. It does. We see you, Taylor. Yes. So why don't we explain her sun sign now? Uh, let's just go down her chart, starting with Sagittarius. We also want to give a shout out to CafeAstrology.com and CoStar because everything we discuss about her chart is directly from them. I literally just plugged in Taylor's information to their birth chart generators and it gave me all of the stuff we're about to go over. So shout out to Cafe Astrology and CoStar because we are not astrologers. We are not God. We don't no. know what's in the sky. We do not know. I, I know things about my chart and about my friend's charts and that's about it. So your sun sign represents vitality, a sense of individuality, and outward shining creative energy. This is your ego, your sense of self, basic personality, and general preferences, and Taylor's is in Sagittarius. Having a sun in Sagittarius means she is fundamentally curious, restless, and independent. She has strong, thought-through ideas about meaning and what's right or wrong. 
She's interested in pushing the boundaries of the existent. She lives to be free and to learn. It's in her first house, meaning she feels the need to distinguish herself from others through herself and her self-image. One of the main traits of Sagittarius's is that they often have blind faith in people and in the world. Um, can anyone say blind optimism to blame? Dash, dear John. I also have to point out the fact that they're interested in pushing the boundaries of the existent. I feel like that's the man, you know? Like, yeah. she's, like, pushing boundaries. It's also just her whole life. It's not, it's like, it goes beyond her songs. But, like pushing the boundaries of the existent to be free. Like, she's changing the whole music industry. She's trying to change the framework of, like, streaming and owning your masters. She really is charging a revolution of sorts. And I love the part about her being fundamentally restless because the girl does not stop. We have been begging her to stop and take yeah. a break for a minute. And she just has not stopped delivering to us and feeding us so well. Yeah. And it totally is in line with her sign. Oh, absolutely. So why don't we move on to her rising sign? So your rising sign, also called ascendant, is the mask you present to people. It changes every two hours, so this is why knowing Taylor's birth time is important. And also mine, because three minutes changed mine from Gemini to Cancer, if you hadn't heard. Your rising sign can be seen in your personal style and how you come off to people when you first meet. Some say it becomes less relevant as you get older. Taylor's rising sign is in Scorpio, meaning she comes across as passionate, incisive, cunning, strategic, and perceptive. Her intense and tenacious drive comes off as intimidating and powerful, if not malicious or aggressive. Well, if this ain't the darn truth. <laughs> <laughs> I love this because Taylor is often critiqued for being calculated yeah it fits perfectly totally fits her scorpio rising oh my god it makes perfect sense it, it it's just her i believe in astrology folks my <laughs> mind. just in two no. it makes sense for taylor it totally yeah. does and the, her fact that like she wants to appear cunning hiding all of her clues and her songs with some of the letters capitalized or folklore in general ever more in general like she definitely wants to come across as cunning and i think she likes coming across as strategic even if people have called her calculated i think she likes having that power absolutely it's like um a way to like control things mm -hmm. and i don't mean that in a negative way I, I mean in like um i want to make this perfect i want to add in little clues in my songs i want to connect the songs and folklore to each other with little lines here and there. I want the timestamps of my songs to be as significant. I want to include hidden messages. It just, it all lines up so perfectly. So let's dive into her moon sign being in Cancer. So the moon rules your emotions, moods, and feelings. CoStar says this is likely the sign you most think of yourself as since it reflects your personality when you're alone or deeply comfortable. So this is like who you are at home when you're like on your couch or in your bed, like in your pajamas, just like playing on your phone, not a care in the world. This is like you by yourself without the influence of anyone else, just chilling. And Taylor's moon is in Cancer, meaning her emotional self is sensitive, thoughtful, and empathetic. She has a tendency to feel like a martyr, woof, and secretly fears being abandoned by those she loves, woof again. <laughs> All of her songs. 
Yeah. She often has trouble letting things go. Woof! And feels like an emotional wreck. Because of her strong attachment to and memory of the past, she may dwell on hurts long after everyone else has moved on. Mm -hmm. Like the song, Right Where You Left Me. (laughs) Yup. When she feels she has been taken for granted, she doesn't always confront others directly. Sometimes using a roundabout way to get that person's attention. Also known as writing songs throughout her entire career. The part for me that kind of struck the strongest was that she worries about people leaving her or like abandoning her because I feel like she has so many songs like this right where you left me like you said like don't blame me there's definitely another song in like love or reputation that's beg you on my knees to stay yeah beg you on my knees to stay but like there's I definitely feel like there's several songs where it's like her singing about Joe and she's like please don't ever leave me or if you ever leave Mm -hmm. me I'd be this you know please don't be in love with someone else dash enchanted yeah exactly the fear of abandonment which i'm sorry taylor that you're going through that but also the fact that she goes in roundabout ways it also like like you said writing songs like forever and always to joe jonas you know i bet that felt so good but like the barbie dolls with joe jonas when Mm -hmm. she held up the barbie dolls and you know shared with the world that he broke up with her over 27 seconds on the phone call do you think like she like ever like talked to him about that before doing it or do you think she just like kept that bottled up and then just like portrayed it to the world i think she went right into songwriting mode and video making and blasting him on ellen mode (laughs) yeah she was not afraid all of these other ways to get his attention without actually confronting him yeah because i wonder if like they got into a text argument or something like that or if she just like straight up never talked to him after that somehow they became friends again I mean, it's hard to get in a text argument back then, Ellie. Remember you had to press, like, the number four, like, three times just to get an E or something. That is true. I don't remember the exact numbers. That's pretty hard to argue. We might be overdating them. They probably had the smartphones before we did, but... This was, like, 2007. Oh, yeah. I guess they were pretty young. And lastly, with her moon being a cancer, this also means she is drawn to pushing her own limits. And many lifestyle changes can be the result of this need to challenge or reinvent herself, which she talks about in Miss Americana, how she is constantly reinventing herself to make herself shiny and new. Also, uh, mirrorball. Everything that we've said so far is just so spot on for Taylor. Mm -hmm. Let's see if it continues. So next... Taylor's Mercury is in Capricorn. Mercury determines how you communicate, talk, think, and process information. Oh, wait. Before we move on, I do want to mention me and Taylor's moon and rising are switched. They're flip-flopped. Aww. I know. So special. I feel so happy. Okay, anyways. Taylor's Mercury is in Capricorn. So Mercury determines how you communicate, think, and process information. It also indicates how you learn. CoStar calls it the Minds Planet. Taylor's Mercury is in Capricorn, meaning her intellect is often traditional, practical, serious, efficient, and rational. She can be a poor communicator, but likes to think through things in a methodical and grounded way. It's in her second house, meaning she is curious about and inclined to analyze what is valuable to her. The resources, aka talents, money, self-worth, that Taylor has, and the resources that she wants. So with Mercury being in her second house, her intelligence is geared toward ways to make money, become rich, or to be independent, aka the man. And she's got a lot of money. 
that she's worked very hard for. Oh, Demi Lovato made it clear in her tweets that yeah. Taylor Swift makes more money. As you can hear in our last episode. Yeah, go back there. Yeah. But um, I, yeah, like, I just think that, again, this is kind of goes into how she's known as such an awesome businesswoman. It seems, according to the stars, that Taylor is just naturally motivated by these things. Yeah, she decides what she wants and she goes after it. Now let's get into her Venus. So Venus determines how and what you love. It indicates how you express affection and the qualities you're attracted to. And right off the bat, without even saying what Taylor says, this reminds me of the end of daylight. So hers is in Aquarius. This means her romantic side is unconventional, intellectual, and somewhat detached. She can be bubbly and obvious when she likes someone. Gorgeous, the song or delicate, but typically prefers forms of intimacy less obvious than romance. It's in her second house, meaning that love is often expressed in money and material possessions, which I feel like makes little lines like, I like shiny rings, but I marry you with paper rings, like even that much cuter. If she likes things and maybe her love language is gift giving, because we know Taylor loves to give gifts. And we see that here in her chart totally checks out. So when we hear these little lines like, uh, what's all the boys with their expensive cars? Range Rovers and Jaguars. I feel like it makes it even more special knowing how she likes to uh, show her love with money and things, which is not a negative trait. No, not at all. Think about all those blankies she sent to all her friends having babies. Even her exes. Or you could even bring it into Kesha, you Mm -hmm. know, the 250K. Donating to her fans. Before we can possibly move on from Venus, we have to mention that Cressy and I have flip-flopped Venus signs. Yes! My Venus is in Virgo, which totally checks out because when it comes to love, having crushes on people, I am totally analytical. I pick apart every little thing that they say looking for hidden messages like they are a Taylor song. I just overthink everything so much so that crushes stress me out like it's like homework or something and it just totally checks out for me and Alice is in leo which totally checks out for me because basically it means i want everyone to be obsessed with me in a romantic sense <laughs> yeah i like to be thought of as a goddess in romance um, feel that and i'm very passionate and somewhat dramatic <laughs> All checks out. I mean, my favorite song is Don't Blame Me, so. And it's just so nice that we relate to each other. We are fundamentally the same. And flip-flopped. But different. But different. (laughs) Same, but different. (laughs) Let's move on to Mars. Taylor Swift's Mars is Scorpio. Mars is the planet of aggression, so things are getting interesting. Spicy. It determines how you assert yourself Take action and the energy that surrounds you, particularly in your sex life, your ambitiousness, and when you're angry. Taylor's Mars is in Scorpio. Let's just throw it back to, does a scorpion sting when fighting back? Meaning, she asserts herself in a way that is serious and incisive, and she pushes things forward with passion and intensity. Once she decides she wants to do something, she doesn't hold back. Hence, folklore. 
exclamation point, exclamation (laughs) point, exclamation point. It's in her first house, meaning she puts a lot of energy into herself and self-image. And because it's her first house, her Mars in Scorpio is hyper-present in her personality. And I think this is so interesting because of how much she cares about her self-image and controlling her self-image. Totally. Like, just with her ambitions alone, we totally see this, how assertive she is in regards to her passions. And whenever she isn't in control of her self-image, like when someone tries to take credit for her success or things like that, you can see her really fight back or just blank space in general. She had no control over her self-image. So then she took the stereotypes, you know, all the stereotypes that the media were using against her and made them her own to control her own self-image. And she did the same with snakes and Snakegate. She adopted the snake as a mascot. She had a whole snake on the reputation tour. So many of these things, I feel like, can be reflected in what we know about Taylor in her life. Absolutely. And this one, so particularly. Let's move forward to her Jupiter. So as one of the two social planets, Jupiter rules idealism, optimism, and expansion. It's also very philosophical. So Taylor's Jupiter is in Cancer, another Cancer. She has so much Cancer, Scorpio, and Capricorn in her chart and is so evident It's very interesting. So Taylor's Jupiter is in Cancer, and that means she grows and finds understanding through her emotions, intuition, and care. It's in her eighth house, meaning she finds success through sexuality and transformation. Again, with like transformations and eras and how that is so like deeply ingrained in her sense of self to be like constantly reinventing herself. It's literally in her birth chart. And you can definitely say that she finds understanding through emotions. Like, her songs are inherently emotional mm-hmm. most of the time. Like, you can tell she's someone who is very in tune with those emotions. How else would she be able to write songs that are relatable to so many people? Totally. And sexuality, finding success through sexuality, not to frame it as the media would frame it with her dating many different people, but just, you know, she is very romantic it appears from what we know you know and when she writes songs about her relationships like i mean you could easily say she finds success through her sexuality in that way but i definitely think it's something that drives her yeah lest we forget that all too well was written after a four-month relationship i just feel like she's the hopeless romantic type if i had to guess just based on her songs Mm -hmm. you know you can just tell she's very like in tune with those things yeah But moving on to Saturn, Taylor Swift's Saturn is in Capricorn, the other social planet. Saturn rules responsibility, restrictions, limits, boundaries, fears, and self-discipline. Taylor's Saturn is in Capricorn, meaning she struggles with her sense of responsibility, ambition, repressed emotions, and obsessions with money and power. Again, with the money and power. It's the Capricorns! I know. It's in her second house, meaning she has had a difficult relationship with money and material possessions aka her masters totally i mean i want to relate it back to look what you made me do where she talks about the kingdom keys where we think carly Kloss got the kingdom keys to taylor's apartment and then threw parties inside of them yeah and the apartment that she worked hard to buy and pay for yeah and like i definitely back her up like she should have control over her material possessions and it's just very evident in that scenario yeah she did not like someone throwing a party in her apartment This is why we can't have nice things. I know. It truly is. 
So do you want to talk about Uranus now? So I don't know if it's pronounced Uranus or Uranus. I don't know you guys, so I'm sorry if I... It's Uranus. They're trying to rebrand it. <laughs> Who's they? Who's they? <laughs> big, the man, big, crazy, the man. big Uranus? <laughs> um, someone... It's like the same people that drew all the like phallic symbols in Disney movies. Oh. Oh, wait, no, but they're trying to rebrand yeah, it. Yeah, that joke doesn't land, Allie. I don't know. <laughs> I actually did not land. I, make, I, I went to two sides of the team. So Uranus stays in each sign for seven years, meaning it rules a generation more than a person. It rules mm-hmm. innovation, rebellion, and progress. So this is like a, a generational thing, and Taylor's Uranus is in Capricorn, meaning other generations are shocked by her generation's sense of responsibility, seriousness, rationality, and hunger for power. It's in her second house, meaning that for her, this manifests in rebelling against dated expectations about money and material possessions. And I think we see this again in Miss Americana in that scene where her dad is advising her to not share her political beliefs and alienate half of her fans. And Taylor's like, no, I want to do this. That's another generation being shocked by her sense of responsibility to share her beliefs. She's rebelling against dated expectations about money And by saying, no, like, I'm not going to follow in the footsteps of other artists who are so vanilla in order to get the most listens, I'm going to be who I am. Well, and it is really interesting to see because, like, for a period, you know, she did kind of play into the Mm -hmm. status quo for, like, how she should present herself and what it is to be a woman, which she talks about at length in Miss Americana. So it's cool to see that as she becomes an adult, this side of her, her rebellious side comes out more and more. Totally. I would also like to say rebelling against stated expectations, like false God. That's a pretty rebellious song. Blasphemous, some might say. Yeah, blasphemous. Not only singing about premarital sex, but talking about premarital sex that replaces your religion. I would say that's, uh, yeah. Directly next to the song, soon you'll get better. <laughs> she's not afraid to go there, and I like that you can, like, see it more and more as she's gotten older. I think that's cool. She's becoming more of herself. I, I need, okay, I don't need this. Taylor's a free person. She could do whatever she wants. <laughs> but after reading this and us discussing it, I'm hoping Taylor will say something about the Free Britney movement. Or donate to her oh. legal defense fund. That would be amazing, honestly. I would love to see did. it. I wonder why she hasn't. Maybe because it's controversial? Or maybe she has and it just hasn't been shared yet. I I think we only knew about oh. her donating to Kesha because Kesha shared it. I think she shared it on... Um, what's that serious XM guy's name? Uh, you guys know who I'm talking about. Howard Stern! Howard Stern. I think she um, told Howard Stern. I could be totally wrong, but I, I think it was on Howard Stern's show on the series XM. You know, maybe she donated to Britney and we'll never know. Yeah. It may never come out. Totally. And there's probably so many people that she has donated to that we don't know about because they haven't shared it. Oh, absolutely. Moving on to Taylor's Neptune, which is shocker, also in Capricorn. Ooh. So Neptune stays in each sign for around 14 years, meaning it rules a generation more than a person. 
It rules dreams, imagination, and the unconscious. Taylor's Neptune is in Capricorn, meaning her entire generation finds inspiration through hard work, responsibility, seriousness, and ambition. It's in her second house, meaning that for her, this manifests in her ideal, verging on unrealistic and impractical about money and material possessions. Interesting. Again with the... Money and material possessions. Interested sea goat Capricorn. Yeah. Isn't Capricorn a sea goat? I have no idea. I'm going to Google it. I'm pretty sure they're like goats of the sea. Yeah, they're sea goats. It literally says sea goat (laughs) on their Wikipedia. Okay, moving forward. Very specific. I feel like this is so interesting to me because. Related to other celebrities, Taylor seems so grounded. So it's interesting to me that she's so driven by material and money possessions. But then again, there is that businesswoman side of her. Something's got to be driving her, you know, to do this. And I think Taylor likes to do a lot of good. Like she, again, I'm theorizing that her love language is gift giving. And you need money to do that. I get my friends things. Because my, my love language is gift giving. And let me tell y'all, I got a lot of debt. <laughs> a lot of debt. Well, and one thing, too, is that her whole generation being so driven by, like, work and responsibility and seriousness and ambition. Like, when Red didn't win that Grammy, she went home and completely rebranded herself. Seemingly that night, you know? Yeah. Like, her ambition knows no limits. It was, like not good enough to be nominated like it was important to her to win that next grammy and gosh darn it she did do you think taylor's therapy is her ambition (laughs) i mean if you look at this like past year with covid if she was trying to like have therapy for the pandemic it would make a lot of sense we've mentioned this on a past episode but taylor has said she does not attend therapy she does not have a therapist which i just find so shocking like i am a little old nobody with nothing going on and i still have a therapist and i think it's interesting to see how taylor works through her emotions in such an an ambitious way that is aligns with her chart her when she was born the stars were aligned to make a superstar totally (laughs) and it just happened i do think um i think her mom is her therapist (laughs) and now probably joe yeah there's just a lot to put on a person no offense to those who do not have therapists for whatever reason but like your significant other or your partner like they aren't trained to be a therapist like they don't have the tools to handle your emotions like we are complex people it's important to talk to professionals it just is i'll get off my high horse now i totally understand therapy isn't for everyone it's also expensive it's so expensive for me and i have insurance it's not accessible i'm not like ragging on people who don't have a therapist but it's always been fascinating to me that someone with as much wealth as taylor swift and as much emotional maturity as taylor swift does not have one so lastly 
her Pluto is in Scorpio. So Pluto, like the other ones we have mentioned, it stays in each sign for up to 30 years, meaning it rules a generation more than a person. It rules power, intensity, obsession, and control. Her Pluto is in Scorpio, again with the Scorpios, meaning her generation psyche is comparatively passionate, intense, serious, private, self-obsessed, and perceptive. It's in her 12th house, meaning she personally is transforming outdated expectations of privacy, secrets, and introspection. I mean, if it all didn't already make sense, it's just like sent it home. Yeah, because Scorpio being in Pluto, that's the same for all of us, right? We all yeah, have this. Years. But yes. But because this is in her 12th house, just knowing that what it means personally to her is that she is transforming outdated expectations of privacy secrets and introspection. I mean, she, she totally has like, she is a celebrity who does not operate in a way where it's like, this is my job. I just, I'm just going to be photographed when I go to Whole Foods. I'm, uh, this is just what I signed up for. This is my life now. No, she does not accept that. She umbrella over her head, walks backwards, hides in suitcases like she changes these expectations that were created for her also in terms of introspection she changed or she changed expectations of that as well because of the way she puts her personal experiences in her songs in such a like emotional and open way like it's literally her diary totally i feel like the archer is a good example of that like that reads like an introspective diary entry do you have any overall thoughts you want to share to end the episode yeah i i really feel like this makes sense for her i did mention earlier like i i understand the skepticism part of me does not believe in it but i believe in this for taylor yes no this is obvious i also want to say that I wish like there's someone out there who's writing Taylor Swift's co-star app or whatever app she uses imagine having that power and being that author of, like, oh my gosh for the day well you'd be like there's so much like to know if Taylor Swift like what does she like said one day in public like oh I use the co-star app if you were that writer the power you would hold like, if you guys don't have the CoStar app, it's really awesome. You honestly should download it. You can be friends with people on there, too. So, like, uh, sometimes my horoscope includes Allie in it, which is really cute. But it also has, like, a, a do's and don'ts section of the day where it lists three things. And imagine if the writer for Taylor's had, like, surprised people under her do's yeah. one day. And she's like, well, I guess I should do another surprise album if CoStar says Drop so. this album. This single. This I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I'll announce Red TV today. Or, like, excite people, like, something like that. Yeah. Well, with all that, I guess we should end the episode. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Good for a Weekend. You can find all of the sources for this episode on our website. And also, thank you to Cafe Astrology and the CoStar app for giving us a bulk of the information. Super helpful. And also, find your own birth chart. It's fun. It's really fun. And this is a great plug to send us your Taylor Swift song rankings to be a part of our roaster read. We will either roast your song rankings on TikTok or read them like an astrology sign. So this was just an audition, truly. Yeah, your uh, second birth chart (laughs) is your rankings of Taylor Swift songs. Yes, absolutely. And you can also follow us at GFA Weekend on Twitter and Instagram or on TikTok 
at good for a weekend podcast we're also on reddit at r slash good for a weekend uh we have a tumblr but we don't use it so don't follow it um i think we're due for a swifty confessions episode soon so y'all be thinking those up we'll announce that in a later episode so get ready to share your spiciest taylor takes i thought you were gonna say get ready to rumble that too that too (laughs) 